Hi, buddy. Hi. You were saying that the topics you cannot talk about in psychology <laughs> are what? Yeah, so we start the podcast with the most controversial thing. Um, so I think that psychologists have to be really careful in how they talk about, like, genetics. Like, things, traits being heritable. Sure. So there are a uh, lot of, like... Um, twin studies essentially where they look at like twins who were either raised together or raised apart to see how much certain traits are genetically heritable versus how much your environment or your family environment or your social environment impacts you and what a a lot of these twin studies have found is things like your intelligence your personality your political beliefs they are highly heritable they have a strong genetic component somewhere around like you know 50% 50% heritable. They, they try to do estimates. Wow. They're always like very fuzzy estimates. So you can't, so it's hard to say exactly like how much of it is genetic, but you know, a large portion of it is heritable. Sure. And um, I think that is a tough thing to talk about because sometimes people might draw like more, you know, conservative conclusions from it or like right wingers could latch on to those findings to say like, you know, it's not worth it to invest in educational interventions or to try to like, you know, um, I see things like that. Right. Um, and is it a struggle? Like, is it like, it must be tough when a psychologist is like, I'd like to explore this thing, but I know people are going to use it poorly or it might, yeah, I don't yeah. know. It depends on if you're a utilitarian yeah, yeah. or you're like a, you know, there's a degree of like, well, could you take something from this that is just going to be terrible? Yeah. No, it's it's always a balance. And um, there was, a, so there was a researcher. She released a book called, um, I forgot her name. She released a book called The Genetic Lottery. And uh, she, um, she argued that, so like a lot of things are highly heritable, like intelligence and, um, our personality and et cetera. And she was arguing that we should like believe in like leftist policies because things are highly heritable. You know, for instance, like we shouldn't just have like the most intelligent people, uh, get the most amount of money in society. So she was trying to make like a leftist case for like trusting like, uh, these sort of genetics based studies. And she got a lot of controversy about that position. Even from, was it just from the right or was it some I think it was from left the left. Too. I think the left wasn't fully buying that position, even though she was like sort of mm-hmm. advocating like a leftist stance on how we should interpret genetics research. So, I mean, genetics is like not my area of expertise. So I'm like, I might be like mistaken. Do you feel like psychologists, like though, but, do, you guys, yeah. do you guys band together when someone gets uh, dragged? Like, like, do you guys like... Uh, or is it, yeah, is it cutthroat? I, You're like, well, bye. Shouldn't have published that result. I No, I think it's very cutthroat. Uh, yeah, no. And I've also been involved like in academic debates with other researchers sure. and stuff. And it's, um, yeah, I think it's a competitive field. And a lot of it is also like a very um, status-driven field. And also academics are very much on Twitter. So like academic Twitter is very much a thing. Yeah. And like academic twitter like a lot of areas of twitter can be like a very toxic place or like academics are well, kind how of often does it, at each other so how often like because that feels like it's daunting to be like we have to weigh every possible way that the public could use these findings like, like or, the corruption yeah, of science like yeah, yeah. before doing the study yeah. or, or or is that something like you do the study and then you're like oh here's how the world could use this Let's come up with all the ways and then just abandon the study or or is it like more more so before the fact? Does that make sense? Yeah, I mean, okay, so 
Here's a relevant controversy. There was a big controversy. I don't know if these niche academic controversies are interesting, but I'll, I I'll try so. to I explain. So, yeah. Yeah. There's this journal, uh, Nature Human Behavior, that um, I'm, I'm going to publish in soon. They're a pretty good journal. They released um, sort of like an ethics uh, statement uh -huh. where they argued that they would consider in part of their like editorial decisions about whether to accept an article, like how the findings might be like used and how they might you know potentially perpetuate harm especially if they show that like you know if your finding is that like one group is i think that's how they phrased it like if you present findings that show that one group is sort of superior than another group and your findings might do harm we might consider like the ethics of how the study will be presented sure. to the public yeah um and that got a lot of controversy because a lot of people were saying like we should just be truth tellers as science we should just be like see sharing stand up comedy all over truth. again that's yeah. what stand up we're like we're just truth tellers up yeah. there man yeah yeah um and i think it was like it's funny everyone really wants to believe that their their field is their, their position is fully integral. i know i know and then those people are often the ones who don't care as much about the truth who who are advocating for truth so it is a it is a dicey um area i mean i think you have to think about it in some way sure i think yeah. your ultimate goal should be truth but you can also have secondary goals like ethics and how you communicate things and um i mean i'm very like i'm i think i'm i'm careful as like a TikTok science communicator because i know that like people don't pay attention to much more than like the first 10 seconds so you want to like sure. you know you want to present things that won't be misinterpreted you want to be very like clear with your conclusions you want to think of like all possible ways the internet might you know yeah so so let's say kick off this music and we'll, we'll introduce okay. everyone to what the fuck's going on yeah we can you tell me a study recently that any any conclusion of something you read recently we were like it was a real bummer it was real like oh that's not good oh that's sad any studies oh. that made you feel more hopeless uh. about the world? Doesn't have to be recent either. It could be. You can remember study. that first, like, like. Oh, that's a bummer. I'm trying to think what, because I was talking about how I took AP Psych in high school and how like it was, it was one of the reasons I do think it was intense was like, I wasn't ready to talk about free will or no free will yeah. or consciousness or 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 the brain split stuff where you're like, are there two people existing? Oh yeah, going on? Lo love that study. What's yeah. what's has a study ever made you feel sad? Yeah. Okay. So the study that has made me probably feel the most sad that our field is grappling with a lot is, um, have you guys heard of the replication crisis in psychology? No. Uh, oh really? It's, a, okay. it's about it's about trying to do a, a test to make sure the original hypothesis was. Correct. The original right, conclusion right, was correct. Basically. And there was a big study that came <laughs> out about idiot. this. And <laughs> look at you. See uh, that AP psych class paid uh, off. Well, um, yeah. But I think this was, uh, there was a big study on this done in maybe 2013 or 2015. And it really sort of shook the field. So a bunch of scientists got together and they tried to replicate um, 100 psychology studies like classic psychology yes. studies in top journals to see, to estimate how reproducible psychological science is and they were only able to get like the same results in about 33 percent of those studies incredible so, and that's that's like that's like yeah. oh it's all gonna collapse like that's a disaster yeah, yeah the, and yeah it, it did really shake the field there are a books lot. there are books yeah. based on each of those individual incorrect studies yeah yeah and we were talking about um malcolm gladwell before you came here so yeah. a lot of like malcolm gladwell's early books like blink about how like uh how um 
like little tiny things in your environment influence your behavior, th those things didn't replicate. Like, so an example of like a uh, study, and it's a bit silly that we all believed in the study. There was, uh -huh. there was a really popular study. It has like about like 5,000 citations on Google Scholar, which is a lot of citations for a paper that basically said that if you like prime the idea of oldness by like uh, showing people words like uh, like Florida or Walker or retirement home. Yeah. Um, and then you have someone like, you know, you have someone walk and you covertly measure how fast they walk. They walk slower because they're primed by the idea of like elderly words. And sure. this, this, um, this study got a lot of attention by showing that like, Oh, like little subconscious things in our environment influence us in these like profound ways. Um, so like but, if you, if you, if you go to retirement home and you, you want them to be uh, uh, sprightly, you put a pictures of Sonic yeah, you put up like Red Bulls, <laughs> mm -hmm. and that's gonna make them move faster. Yeah, well, that, that was the thinking based on the study, but the yeah. study did not replicate, and like all sorts of studies like this, like didn't replicate. Like there were all these like there was one big study called like the Lady Macbeth effect that basically showed that like if you um if you wash your hands, it makes you feel less guilty. Basically, like you wash away the guilt. This um, is the problem with theater kids mm -hmm. uh, going into other fields. <laughs> yeah, that were like right. I, I need to make this degree. <laughs> worth it but they do show that in movies like think of all the movies you've seen where people like have murdered or have but done it's a metaphor it's like a visual metaphor i know but they use it too much i feel like it's <laughs> yeah. like the thing of like it's again communicating that idea though sure like, sure oh, you know like i did something you know you're just saying because you never wash your hands after you masturbate exactly so <laughs> so that that was one where people that that didn't replicate that, but, of course but but like because it was so surprising, essentially, like it got like a ton of media coverage, it got a ton of citations. There was a study that um, found that um, psychology studies that didn't replicate basically get cited more and get covered in the media more. Basically, these unreplicable studies uh, just get really popular because they're surprising, and they're surprising because they're like literally not true. They're, of course. Oh, I have so much to yeah. say. Listen, uh, this is this is the downside. One, two, three. Downside. The downside. The downside. Now, you, you don't John have to Marcos put on Ramsey. your headphones, just so you know. They're, oh. they're, they're, I, I didn't present oh. them to you. It's been a mess. It, just so everyone knows, just in case we don't put the Are intro part the here. Uh, yeah, that's okay. good. This is uh, Russell's fault. So, Russell, how are you doing? <laughs> Can I ask you real quick? This is, this oh. is, uh, this is, uh, this is a little bit out there. Uh, psychologically speaking, would you say for, for uh, two men in their 30s to stay friends, What's the appropriate ratio of each calling each other to check in on how they're doing? Because Russell believes that it's 100% the other person's responsibility. Has anyone ever done this test? Okay. Has anyone ever studied okay. this? Okay, let's can we talk because, about let's talk about this. Let's dive into because okay, I saw you last Monday. We did a show together. Uh -huh. We went out afterwards. Uh huh. Uh, I had a drink. You sat there and had water and ripped up your, <laughs> your straw. Because I was um, on, I'm on hold there. I'm yes, almost done. Last day. But um, okay. So we did that. Uh huh. I'm pretty sure we talked Tuesday, Wednesday at some point, right? Through text. Through text. But it was like okay. Worky, then worky. I went to away on Thursday. You went to New Orleans. Yeah. And I will say I had some issues with my phone in New Orleans. <laughs> I um. What do you mean? Uh, well, I had to yeah, do you, you wrote me. You said the image didn't load. Well, I was yeah, like, I, yeah, I you sent me a thing about big titties. You sent me a, <laughs> no, no. I sent you a tweet. I sent you a tweet. It was not like I didn't. Okay, we're, we're not big titties. It refs, but it was a joke about. I know, I know, I know. I'm you make it sound like I'm not gonna get into it. No, I said it what you wanted. Your yeah. text to me. <laughs> 
so anyways, you sent me a thing, but the picture didn't load. So I, I couldn't see the screenshot. So then I was like, that's weird. New Orleans is in America, right? It's in America. Okay. But for some reason, something happened where I didn't. So then I noticed people on the trip, they were sending me photos of the trip. And I was not getting those photos. I was like, what's I going see. on with this? So I had to do a phone update, which caused some things to get lost in the shuffle. And then on the way home, I was like, oh, yeah, John Marco sent me this big titty thing. Um, okay. <laughs> okay. Not fair. I need to see and the then, big titty thing. Then, <laughs> no, no, no. We're not going to talk about what it is. Uh, for two, but it's a, it's a, it's a basically someone's tweet referencing okay. big titties. Okay. And it was, it was a funny little inside joke. So, um, anyways, so then I responded on Sunday night, uh, to that. Mm-hmm. And then here we are today on Tuesday. Um, it's not that much time went by, you know, Thursday to Sunday. I was on vacation. I wasn't really texting a lot. I was, you know, trying to be in the moment. Um, and then, and then it's just been, I've been in, you know, catching up on things. Yeah. Okay. New Orleans was okay. It was, amazing. I had, I had a disaster weekend. Oh no. I, I can't get, I'm so excited to talk to, I know, to I Steve. know. You can talk with us now. You don't have to be quiet. Yeah. How are you? We're here. We're here with Steve Rathjay. I'm good. Hi. Yeah. You uh, pronounced it right. Yeah. Uh, uh, psychologist. Is that the leading term? That uh, we're using? yeah. So I'm a psychology researcher. I'm a postdoctoral researcher at, NYU right now. Yeah, um, just finished my PhD over the University of Cambridge in England. Thank you. I uh, I truly am so excited. I love psychology. You know, I was realizing just just as I was like watching all your all your TikToks was whenever whenever I have to Thank write you for like, watching them. Of course, whenever I have to write like a TV show pitch, mm-hmm. they don't want you to be a, a comedian. Like because every everyone in the profession is in the arts, so they right. want their character that's about them to be an actor or a comedian. Yeah. Right. It's unfair. Right, right. But I'm always like, I'm like, oh, what dumb what what profession would I do that's not arts related? And then like doing this, I was like, right, I've always loved psychology, psychology to a degree. And I'm like, that's the field that if I need to needed to research something for a show, I would enjoy that. That'd be awesome. You should just like make your character me. Sure. Model your character yeah. after me. I mean, you were a theater kid. We talked also about theater. Yeah. Uh, I watched. He's that. in Titanic right now. Mm-hmm. I know. I've heard Titanic's amazing. Like I've Come heard like incredible um, things. I, uh, I I really want to. I wanted to talk about one of his videos. If you're gonna do ads for your show mid show, I'd like some kickback okay, from the show you mentioned itself. it i what you did what do you I want didn't to say, just I didn't say come see it i just said it as a statement of fact you russell eight times a week happens to be at this place uh, yeah no need let's to see, go let's see i don't know i'm gonna do it again for the first time in over a week tonight yeah i don't know um the um i did have a question about one of your videos mm-hmm. not a question more of a statement um i want to talk about it um Astro- he thinks astrology is real but go ahead stop. um uh it's okay to like oh, astrology astrology is fun i'm not an astrology well, boy okay uh, he he hates it. We'll go into it. So it. if you're listening, this is the downside. This is a place where we talk about negatives, complain, kvetch. And uh, I think it's easy to complain and kvetch when you're talking about the, the psychology. Yeah. Um, this is coming out on Valentine's Day. Oh. So we should talk about love. Mm. Uh, Astrological and compatibility. Exactly. Yes. Exactly. Yes. Uh, and, and if you're listening, if you're a fan, please uh, join the Patreon. Patreon.com slash downside. Patreon has exploded. It's exploded. Yeah. It's uh it's I'm about to get the tattoo that I promised for the first fifty. There's other perks. You're getting a in. tattoo. Yes. Of what? Of uh, uh it's so we're me. we're on a sketch team and this is oh. what I'm I'm taking with right now. So this was this was a picture we took a long time ago, and oh, I cool. thought I'd keep it real simple and it's gonna be like either five circles, not perfectly 
on top of each other, but kind of overlapping in the way that picture does. Okay. And then just say like either an estimated whatever 2015 or just Uncle Function or yeah. UF. Something small and cute. Yeah. Why are you nice. interested in tattoos? You just seemed so excited. No, my... I just thought that was cool. You were Thank doing you. a tattoo for the podcast. Like that's. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, okay. we'll see if I mm-hmm. if I you're you're ready to move on. I'm so patreon.com slash downside. You get all our AMP uh, live episodes that we did for Amazon. Uh our our most recent it's coming soon, our live episode with a former adult actress, current oh, yeah. stand-up comedian, Aaliyah Janine. It's such a good episode. And uh and then you just support the show and we're adding something new. If you see me at a show, uh like headlining. If you come up and say that you're a downside listener, I will have a free sticker for you of a new design of Russell and Maid illustrated by Branson Reese. Yes. Fantastic illustrator. Oh, that sounds awesome. Yes. Thank you. Wow. So, Russell, okay, so what the study video, do you disagree with? No, no, no. I, I agree with it. I just thought it made me feel bad because I knew that I would be like one of the people that like didn't do a very good job of it. Sure, sure. Not that there's a good or bad. Uh-huh. But um, that study where the smoke comes in the room. Oh, yeah. I was like, I definitely would break, burn Break alive. down what it was. I would de- okay, so basically, uh, people, the study is people, how did I describe okay. it? Do we you want to, me to? Yeah, okay. yeah, yeah, yeah. Wait, can I, you, wait let okay. me do it and you tell me if I did it correctly. Okay, yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah. The study analyzes how people will react when there's something strange going on, whether they will, uh, it's, it's kind of, it no feels related, it feels related to the bystander effect in a certain degree. And totally. part of yeah. it is you're in a room, they think they're waiting to do a psychological study, yeah. and smoke starts emerging from a closet under something. Yeah. And uh, uh, they saw that when the person, they're, they're basically surrounded by actors, yeah. and they found that when there were uh, actors, the person was not alone, they only reported the smoke, which you would think would be fire, yeah. uh, 25% of the time. And I don't then, remember the percentages. And then if they were alone, they would report it higher. So it was yeah. the idea that social cue people being there, you're like, well, if no one else is freaking out, it's probably fine. Can I tell you something really? That's just basically exactly a, right. Just Good add job. A to all AP this. Psych paid I off. I love psychology. Yeah. <laughs> just to add a layer to all this. I was so before I came here, I had a meeting, uh, but I there was a fire that bef- you didn't catch. Li- no, uh, quite honestly, listen, I was in my house and I I was <laughs> alone. Just animals with me, and I was watching some of your videos to be like, okay, this is who we're talking to today. So I watched that video. I thought to myself, I'm cooking some some chicken uh, to bring for my dinner tonight. That doesn't smell. It smells burning. Smells like the house is burning. <laughs> I I but I say no. Maybe you know. I look I look in the oven. Doesn't look like anything's burning, but it smells burning. But then I'm like, maybe maybe just like psychologically, I'm watching this video and I'm like think putting this burning thing on. So then I'm like, just to be safe, I'm going to, I'll turn off the oven and like open the windows for a little bit. Um, But then, you know, it still smells burny. But I'm like, okay, well, oven's off, windows open, close the windows, have to leave. Okay. Uh, Half an hour later. I love you see this video. You're so stressed. You start like checking every possibility. Half an hour later, uh, I get a text from Nicole. Is everything okay at the apartment? The neighbors say that our apartment smells like it's on fire. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> and I'm like, so it wasn't just that. 
So luckily we have a key. They go and check. They can't find anything either. And it seems like something happened. Something's in the oven somewhere. Like maybe a piece of plastic fell down, something. But it's not on fire. But I didn't really give it a good, of like, let's let's investigate the fire that much. And I was alone. I wasn't even pressured by other people being like, I just was like, mm, probably fine. Um, but anyways, I well, know. Tom, what are you going to do? At a certain point, you're going to call the fire department? I don't know, but it did smell bad. It smelled like plastic burning. Um, hmm. See, I think there'd be th there, like these studies could become infinite in that you could study if people see this study, does it change how they behave yeah. five years from now, 10 years from now? Yeah. Right. I remember I had a friend, Chris Caffaro, he thought he smelled CO2. Yes. yes. And he, the, he called 911 and like the full brigade. And they made brigade. fun of him, didn't they? Yeah, they made fun of him or they came in and it was something stupid. Yeah. Better safe than sorry. Exactly. But anyways, yeah. that study, I thought, you know, there's smoke coming in the room and if no one else reacts... Are you gonna are you gonna say something? And I know that I wouldn't. I know that I'd look around. I mean, there's like factors too, being like, if you know that you're there for a psychological study, I can't see how it wouldn't play into being like, oh, well, maybe this is part of it. Yeah, I feel like nowadays people would be more you know, skeptical now yeah. that like psychology's bigger and like the discourse and yes. everything. People would be like, ooh, has the study already started? Yeah. Like people would kind of catch on. But I do but, think if I didn't know, I would probably just be like looking around, making sure everyone else yeah. with it and be like, oh, maybe there's just smokes in here. You yeah, know? I feel awkward about like raising a fuss. I would yeah, definitely kind of like I, well, go speaking along. Speaking of AP psychology, like studies that stuck with me, like the yeah. learning about the bystander effect, Uh huh. like I feel like that sticks with me for the rest of my life. Like something yeah, about that, yeah. you know, the, 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 you know, the bystander yes, effect. Yes. But like, it's something. I think it's partly because the story that they used to illustrate it was the woman who got stabbed it was by the guy, Kitty Genovese. Uh -huh. Yeah, that was yes. the name. Yeah. Did that inspire the study, or that was just the example I, they used? So I think that did inspire the study. Yeah. Basically, so it was like this like murder that happened in and York, apparently right? there were in New York. Um, I didn't know that. I don't remember a lot of the facts, but apparently there were a lot of bystanders well, but it was, and she, she was stabbed like, multiple times yeah. the guy left the guy came back and then continued and ultimately killed her so and all these neighbor uh, the whole block is like seeing this they see the guy leave they don't yeah. call they see the guy come yeah. back they don't call I think it's talked about in an episode of Girls that's how I know it <laughs> But I know now, I remember I saw someone like nicked by a bus and I remember my first thing was like, you call 911. Like I was like, like the thing oh, of like, awesome. be okay. like very specific yeah. of like you, and I called 911 too, but I did the thing of like, you, I'm making you the person who yeah. does something. Yeah, yeah, As opposed to us all assuming. Mm -hmm. Especially now because people can't get out their phones to film. It's horrifying. Horrifying. Right, yeah. Um, and uh, it's horrifying because well, sometimes you miss the moment on your is, phone and it's. And it's, it's I, under, like, I know it's fucked up. Well, it depends on like if it's active danger, blah, blah, blah. I understand some people's rationale of their head of like, is there a crime happening? Do like if we get footed, you know what I mean? Like, yeah, like I because for instance, I remember uh, I was taking a walk once and a, a car seemingly drunk driver slammed into a couple of cars. And kept driving, and I took out my phone. Not like I'm going to jump in front of the car to stop him, yeah. but I took out my phone to try and get his license plate, and I did yeah. get his license plate and gave it to the police. So, so like, so nice. But, Damn, um, I didn't know you were a like cop. Piggy good boy. job. <laughs> Damn, I didn't know I you're like a that. fucking rat. It's bad to even contact the police about that. I just, that. I just, did, did you tell the police all the things you've said about them when they're you're drunk? I didn't call them. <laughs> there was one like nearby, and you, you went. Know. When was this? No, it was. 2016, 2017. You went to you went in there with your phone. You're like, 
uh, no, officers. No, 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 no. Other people were calling. A car came by like two minutes later. I was still on my walk, and I showed him the thing, and he wrote down the the license plate. That's very interesting. It was very. Nice. Did they give you a like NYPD shirt that you Nothing. could wear places? Nothing. They probably didn't follow up. No one then. <laughs> <laughs> um. Uh. Okay. So, Steve, I, 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 I do want to. See, you, you did do theater. I did, did do you theater, feel like you yeah. did you did you fail did you did you pursue your theater dreams or did you yeah. uh, close that chapter on your own? Um, I think I closed that on my own. So basically, my story is like I uh, I was a bit of a child actor, sort of in like middle school and stuff. I wasn't like a famous child actor. It wasn't like I wasn't what was in the film. biggest thing you did. Um, I did a few like plays at this uh, theater called Artist Repertory Theater in Portland. That was, you know, it was like a regional theater, um, like an equity one. So that, that was like as as big as I sure. as I won some equity productions. But like when I started doing like the professional acting in like sixth grade, I I just like thought I was famous. Just like my child brain was like, I'm sure. I'm famous now. Yeah. Like, sure, I, I'm I just did that and I just I'm did middle school. Be famous. I would have been so jealous of you if I was in middle school. Mm. You, you were like in professional. You know what I mean? Yeah. yeah. No, but I think I think uh, there needs to be like more psych studies on like child actors because I think even doing it to like a small degree it does something to your like psychology a bit. Um, yeah, but it makes you happier. Maybe that's what I think. Maybe it makes you just we like amazing and incredible and perfect. Former, but yeah, yeah. I don't know. I'm always very jealous of it. It seems like a nightmare. The reject. I mean, yeah, of course. Yeah, but it's also, but like, um, it's very tough now. It's oh yeah, yeah, tough. yeah. No, I'm so glad I'm like not an actor anymore. Um, but like, so basically, when I got to like my teenage years, um, I I stopped getting cast as much essentially, and I was like kind of down on that. And then I transitioned into playwriting. I got really into playwriting, sure. and I did that like playwriting is always the actor's seriously. first stop mm-hmm. on the way out of the- exactly <laughs> the first exit. I did the playwriting too. Haven't we all? <laughs> but I liked it because I liked to write and I got really into sure. it. I think I got like better at writing during it. And um, uh, when I like when I went to undergrad, when I first got there, I was still kind of had theater in my mind. But like the first class I took was a like psychology class, was an intro psych class. I had already taken AP psych at high school and um, I just loved it. And I think I ultimately, yeah, loved it more than theater and I think I got frustrated with theater over time I still obviously like love theater and I'm like a theater fan but like I don't miss doing it at all I don't miss like the auditions like just like how you're like like judged instantly yeah, yeah, yeah. based on like all these things I like how I can currently be like a little bit more detached from my work a little bit just dis- I mean as a researcher, there's always still like the ego involved in your research and you want to do well, but it's not you. You're not putting like your full self on the stage. There's this like, there's this other goal, which is like to like generate knowledge and truth. And that's like a kind of a communal activity. And also, even when I do like TikToks and public speaking, it's not about me. It's literally like, this is a psychology study. And then people don't comment on me in the comments. They comment on like the psychology. And like, do you ever, I, do you ever I, feel I like, like that better. Do you ever feel well, like. You should see Gianmarco. He can get really detached as a performer. Okay. It's you know, like basically like. That's the key. <laughs> yeah, yeah. If I'm not the main character in a sketch, I might as well be a chair. <laughs> <laughs> I definitely, I definitely in rehearsal I can be kind of lazy, but I always bring it on stage. You do always bring it on stage. I always that's bring true. it on stage. That's You're true. saving your energy. Yeah. That's what I say. Uh-huh. Uh, do you ever feel that your peers don't in stand-up comedy? If mm-hmm. you're like a big on TikTok as you are, mm-hmm. some people might not take you as seriously 
at the thing that you profess to be because you're partially the communicator oh, to right, right. the yeah. dumber people. Yeah, yeah. Do you ever feel like being this path that you're on where where you are the face of it yeah. ever makes it so that like are, are there some that are like, oh, that fucking TikTok star? Yeah, I'm doing real studies. I'm yeah. putting babies in boxes like a real scientist. Yeah, no, I, I definitely feel that. And that's also like very much, um, I've had a lot of people like, warn me that as I go on the academic job market, so essentially as I apply for professor positions, which I'm starting to do, mm. I'm going to do that over the next few years. Because basically being a postdoc, it's like the in-between between having a PhD and being a professor. You kind of, you, you sit around and you do... We're, we don't, we're oh, out of okay. academia so deeply. Yeah, so yeah. You got, what was the first degree? Uh, yeah, so my first degree was an undergrad. Okay. Um, and uh, then I did a PhD um, in psychology. So yeah, my undergrad in psych at Stanford, and then I went to uh, Cambridge for my PhD, and I just finished that this October. And uh, now I'm. What was your thesis paper? Uh, so it was about um, misinformation, basically, mm -hmm. and social media. Mm -hmm. My entire thesis was about like social media misinformation. Um, what what was goes viral on was social it? media? Okay. Well, so the thesis had a number of studies. I think my biggest paper from my thesis. Um, was a study about what goes viral on social media in political contexts. And it was, uh, it essentially found that like if um, politicians uh, dunked on a member of the opposing party, so if they sort of were negative about the opposing party, they went very viral. And this was essentially like the strongest predictor of virality out of a number of predictors measured. So, um, if I mean, yeah. if Joe Biden, if one day, you know, whenever Trump's first tweet is comes back, which I'm sure is around yeah. the corner, if Joe Biden quote tweeted and just said, suck my dick. It would go so viral. <laughs> it would be the most viral tweet of all yeah. time if he said, "Fuck you." Yeah, I'm fucking stormy right now. Yeah, that would that would be the most like tweet in the history of the world. Yeah, it, it would. Make sense. He has so much potential, but he doesn't. Do? He doesn't you didn't go like for the donkey. You didn't seem to like any of my pitches there. What What would you say, Joe Biden? <laughs> Trump goes back. He goes, "I'm back," and that's it. What's um, What's your Biden? I don't know. Biden, it's Biden so calls you. Imagine him saying anything. So I was like. Trying to imagine a real if, if Trump did a big tweet, what if he did like, well, now I am sleepy. Yeah. Oh, that's good. <laughs> Some kind right, of twist yeah. on the... You yeah. should be his writer. Hey. Like, yeah. Please, that's, honestly, I think that's like when comedians yeah. disappear sometimes, oh my God. I that think that's where they Marco, go. They're ghost so writers good. for Trump specifically. Yeah. yeah. Um, I, they are good. So, okay, so that was your thesis. Tell me, uh, because I'm very pessimistic. Yeah. And I imagine... Yeah, same. I, I just... To me, there's no way out of social media. Uh, I think social, I think this is, these sites have to get so unbearably bad, which maybe they yeah. will because, yeah. of, because of the, because of capitalism and how everything gets worse right. with the right. ads and the, the, whatever Elon Musk is doing that I got an ad today for like a join the Christian seminary thing. And I was like, this targeting system is, is out of whack no, right they're now. They're awful. I'm it's seeing I, so many. Because like I made a priest joke, I think. I, I wow. yeah yeah but but like uh, yeah all of a sudden I'm like why why the fuck is, sudden, is Jordan Peterson on my it's timeline? It's like all sorts of conservative like weird yeah. things that I'm seeing. But I think the only solution is social media has to it's it's bad it's bad. There's no there's it's, it it's a bad. deal with the yeah. devil. It's, yeah, it's all it's destroying us. It's polarizing us. It makes us have a yeah. complete disconnection from reality. And there's there's. But you can't force these things to go away, so you can only hope that they get so bad that people go, ugh, I just want to watch a TV show instead. Yeah, I... Yeah, no, I'm pretty pessimistic about social media. I don't see it, like, 
changing much anytime soon. You saw Elon Musk go in there and completely like mess with Twitter and people are still using Twitter. Like no one ever like left it. Like, yeah. of course. And oh my God. I remember all those. Days I don't care if it's all Jordan Peterson. All leave. Yeah. There was like that. Those like weak. I people. did not make a Mastodon yeah. account. Thank you very much. I hate Mastodon was horrible. It's just like the, the user what experience is, was heard horrible. It was the social media platform that everyone was leaving Twitter for oh, because God. like everyone, yeah, like, yeah, people yeah. were What's, also going to like, posted over there. No, I, I don't even know. The thing with Twitter is it's just like the, the thing that makes it so God awful is what makes it so fascinating. You're seeing yeah, high people drama. live for the drama. Yeah. 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 High yes. drama. Yeah. High quick drama um yeah which which social media app is the most the best. If, if only one could be around and this is for the health of society causing the least amount of harm. what's the cause yes which social media app causes the least amount of harm in your professional the opinion? least amount of harm probably Bas- linkedin <laughs> oh you know sure linkedin's LinkedIn, like we doesn't get talked about I, I wouldn't count it i mean maybe in your world people use it for that no, like we, we, I don't know. We barely use it, but like least amount of harm. It's just like think, be, yeah. because it has like no effect entirely. You're besides, like Instagram, people are Twitter, Facebook. I think like okay. Twitter has done more. You got to balance the good and the bad because some people yeah. think Twitter has done great things for citizen journalism. Yeah, I think it's great for journalists. It's great for niche communities. Like for academics, it's been amazing. It's been really helpful for me to sort of learn like the inside ropes of academia because academic Twitter is great. It's also toxic. So it's like it is really good and really bad. Um, Yeah, I mean, I I do like TikTok. I know everyone's talking about like banning TikTok and everything. And TikTok has a misinformation problem. Uh, But I do I do like that you get to see the full experience of someone like talking i, I think that it humanizes yeah, someone it's just, a bit more. i just think it moves like, so fast that like they just revealed they have like a button that they're allowed to use they say they use oh, it very oh, yeah. they call it the heating, the pre, the heating yeah. where like they could make a video kind of show up on more phones than it deserves based on yeah. the algorithm they could boost it a little mm. um and uh i would do anything to, to press that to button heat. i know my conspiracy theory is that, like, I was heated. Like, as soon as that article came out, I was like, oh, maybe that happened to me. Because they said they were doing it partially to, like, increase the diversity of, like, content on the feed. So it wasn't just, like, people, like, dancing. And yeah. part of it, they wanted to increase, like, the amount of educational creators. And, like, last November, so basically, like, a little bit more than a year ago, my account just went from, like, 70,000 followers to, like, 900,000 followers Jesus like in a, in a couple weeks basically That's so it was like crazy yeah it was it was so oh, you were, yeah. Random. yeah but your account is sure it was like and did you have knows, anything maybe in particular I had, there that was like a, like you must have had a what was the um, that were like Whoa. yeah so so one of the videos I had during that time was the smoked filled room study that you guys were talking about which yeah. was you know I, that was a hit it got like uh, 5 million or something I had one on um change blindness which also got 6 million so I had a like I had a string of videos I guess that got around like six million. So um, it could have been that I was just producing like content that people liked or something. It's also but, like, like we it, know what you're going to felt... get when we go to your account. Like yeah. I think that it's very yeah. like if you like psychology and you're not in psych, I mean, or you are, but if you just, it's an easy follow. I think. Yeah, and I, you know, I, I also, I tell people to follow me if they're interested in psychology, so that sure. always like helps yeah. a little bit. Um, yeah, there are things like that, and I try to like keep my account like one very specific niche, so people know exactly. what they're getting. Exactly. exactly. Like the TikTok 
like I don't know if you've seen like the TikTok gurus who are like, this is what you do to grow on TikTok. They always say like you have to niche down. So yeah, like you know that's, that's the problem. who you're following. Yeah. That was, that was a big decision when we started this I started this podcast was like, do I make it on my account or do I make a podcast account? Yeah. And mm. I probably regret I, I stuck with oh, one. You think you Cause I had mm-hmm. I had a bad I, in in the past I was like and this is this is marketing, but it's just like I remember I created a sketch series and I made it like separate from myself. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. with social media I feel like it did not help. I feel mm-hmm. like people have to, they want to see you in your thing. Mm-hmm. I think it's hard mm-hmm. to make sketch teams go viral uh, on, right. on TikTok because I think it's very much about the individual. Yeah. yeah. The individual yeah, that's experience. Why. That's why we have to. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay. So you're saying just cut Russell out yeah, more. Yeah, yeah. Just uh-huh. like we can, yeah. we can do edited clips of just you speaking. I mean, that's pretty much what we do. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> shut the fuck up. I give you lots of great clips. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Forget the frustration of picking commerce platforms when you switch your business to Shopify, the global commerce platform that supercharges your selling wherever you sell. With Shopify, you'll harness the same intuitive features, trusted apps, and powerful analytics used by the world's leading brands. Sign up today for your $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash tech, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash tech. (laughs) um so okay so you you got your phd you did it on social media yeah and then what's after phd uh so uh postdoctoral researcher which like no one knows what that is basically but yeah yeah, it's basically means you're like a full-time researcher who's not quite a professor yet i uh i have you know an advisor who is a professor who sort of helps me with the research i'm part of like a research lab so i work with other like phd students and everyone at nyu so it's you know it's basically it's just like the in-between stage and um but yeah i'm also doing in that are you taking classes are you doing research oh i'm i'm just doing research i'm continuing to publish mostly on social media again that is kind of like the niche of like what I um, research basically um, is you also, uh, you have, like, social media misinformation, polarization, topics like that. Does that involve a lot of like statistics? I imagine. Oh just yeah, numbers, totally. Just volumes yeah. and interpreting numbers. Yeah. So um, some of it is like uh, like big data stuff. Like you analyze like big data sets of tw- uh, data from Facebook and Twitter, and you uh, do like text analysis. Um, some of it is conducting. Um, experiments as well either like survey experiments that are just conducted online um as well as like digital field experiments like we're currently um running i guess i shouldn't tell say too many details but we're we're currently like running an experiment where we sort of change aspects of people's like social media feed by having Mm. them follow and unfollow certain accounts on social media and then like sort of tracking them over time and seeing like how that might change their experience so uh does it ever feel like like that like does it ever feel like you're because the conclusion is going to be social media does affect how you feel social media like like yeah but the nuances are interesting i mean it's not always like intuitive like sometimes it is intuitive what's an example that it really was counterintuitive 
Um, one is, uh, this isn't from my research personally, but like one is that, uh, social media seems to have very different impacts in like different countries. Like the impact, like social media and polarization might be like a very unique to the U S problem. Like, uh, there have been lots of studies in the U S showing that, you know, social media increases seems to increase polarization and then when you ask people to deactivate for instance like their facebook accounts for a month um their polarization decreases and their well-being increases so there seem to be benefits i'd love to do that like before thanksgiving meals like you have like mm. one group of yeah of new york nyu freshmen like deactivate for a month and they go oh, oh it's nice and the other they go home oh. and they hit their dab yeah uh, so what do the other countries show? Yeah, so there was this really interesting study. It was conducted in um, uh, Bosnia by um, by another lab at NYU, actually. Um, uh, and I know the people involved. And they essentially found, they had people deactivate their Facebook accounts. Uh, and it was during a very specific time. It was like during Genocide Remembrance Week in Bosnia. And I don't know the entire like politics of Bosnia and everything, but they essentially found that deactivating uh, Facebook um, increased ethnic polarization in that country. Um, and they found that this was specifically for people in um, sort of who had homogenous offline social networks meaning you know their offline social networks were a lot of people who were like them and what they found is that like social media exposed them to more people who were different from them essentially yeah so like uh in that specific context social media might have had positive effects and just just to be clear to to test their level of polarization yeah did they take a, a quiz that was like was the holocaust real yes or no and they were like whoa they, they started denying it more like ultimately yeah. it was a, a paper questionnaire it, yeah it was like a survey response like usually like psychologists measure per- polarization through these things called like feeling thermometers saying like how do you feel about Democrats on a scale of zero to 100. And um, yeah, and uh, you know, a, a lot of like people who aren't in like psychology are, are like, that's that's silly. Does that mean anything? But you Has know, that been studied though? Like, but, doesn't but, it go, I'm sure there was a study, yeah, are feeling thermometers is, more useful than yes or but no? They or? Are. The thing is, they're, they are very like reliable and valid measurements. Wow. Often like survey, like, like survey measures are more like reliable and valid than like measuring people's behavior because people's behavior is like so unpredictable and stuff so psychologists love these like little like strongly disagree to strongly agree because oftentimes they actually like tell you a lot about people they predict behavior pretty well like do they ever matter in terms of like i think some people would be very much like all the way here all the way there so in a way like their number might not be as um just because they did a 10 and a 2 doesn't yeah. mean that they were more affected than the person that does an 8 and a 4. Because that person, in relation to their answers, just scales it differently. Yeah, I mean... So often, it's just so, so many ways to be incorrect. So, you know what I mean? Yeah, and that's like a good point. But oftentimes those differences don't matter when you're just... Because these psychology studies just often look at group differences. So you'll look at like 500 people um, who weren't given some experimental treatment versus 500 people who were. And you'll see these group differences between the group uh, who like deactivated their Facebook and the group who didn't. And once you like average everyone together... Uh, you'll see these group differences and that's how you can sort of make conclusions basically do you think 
uh, Facebook generally, yeah. it's it's thought of, uh, you know, Mark Zuckerberg gets blamed for inspiring mm-hmm. a Holocaust, basically. Uh, and, and just all sorts of hate stuff over the world. Yeah. Do you think uh, he deserves, or Facebook, the entity, yeah. deserves more credit because... I certainly never saw the Facebook helped people appreciate other cultures. I've never heard a positive thing said about this app. Do you think yeah, that we overestimate the negativity? I, I think we do a bit. And <laughs> coming from me, this is maybe a bit surprising because like I have hated on Facebook a bunch and I even had Facebook respond to my research before what did they we, who was it mark on the phone no it was like a p said, it was it was like andy stone or some of the like kind of pr communications people at facebook so we wrote uh so we published a paper it was the one i was talking about earlier about how like um if like politicians dunk on dunk. the opposing party it goes viral and then we wrote a washington post op-ed about that research um uh basically talking about the broader implications of like how social media incentive structures are um really toxic and might be in- in- encouraging people to post divisive content online yeah. um the washington post picked our headline for us and the headline they picked was really dramatic it was like why facebook really really doesn't want to stop extremism on their platform that's um, so funny <laughs> that's so funny the, the fact that they're allowed to do that yeah that you write this article and they go why mark zuckerberg can suck yeah. Steve's yeah. Dick. Yeah, yeah. like it's just like it's so Facebook then then you, Facebook saw that you. headline and they were like but they, they were, know that they make they know that you didn't come up with the headline yes right? and uh, so they wrote this long response and mostly what they were criticizing the he- was the headline they were like the article wasn't even about extremism it was about polarization and it's like yeah but did you read the article that was the one thing we wrote we didn't write the headline and the truth is no one read the article they just read the headline so yeah. that's why they care so much about the headline yeah and then they went into they kind of Cherry picked a lot of research about like um, they were they essentially argued for the rest of it. They were like Facebook doesn't increase polarization, and then they sort of cherry picked a bunch of research showing sort of the positive sides of Facebook. Uh, one of the studies they picked was actually the one I talked about in Bosnia as well. They were like, look, Facebook has does some good things in some contexts, which they is true. To I mean, you that's... to write a retraction or what were they no. trying to scare you into shutting up about Facebook? No, I like I don't think it was for me. It was just for like it was their research blog. So I think they essentially wanted to write a response to make themselves look better. But mm-hmm. it didn't it, it didn't work. It didn't it, it seemed like I mean, I wrote a response to it on, on Twitter and it seemed like so no one was on Facebook side, especially on, like, on different they, social media. That's going to be a tough one. No. Yeah, yeah. Like I did not see anyone go like, oh, Facebook, like you have a you have a point there. Like, um. Oh, that's nice. Yeah. You made one person yeah. in Bosnia smile for a day. You know what? <laughs> that does balance it out. With with Facebook, is there, anecdotally, I can just look at how many people I view differently from my time on Facebook. Like, you know, we all have like a handful of people that you're like, oh, that person's so weird on that yeah. social media app. Well, yeah. Any app. Any any of the, this yeah. technology. But you're like, it, part- it influences how you think about that person. And then sometimes you then draw... Is part of Facebook sucking, though, just the fact that that's where more older people are? Like, but even like, before is that. It, is it Facebook's Maybe. fault? Twitter yeah. is pretty bad. I think I like Twitter more because at least, well, my timeline is skewed, but it is more of a left, left-leaning left It is, yeah. App, but that's not because of 
Twitter, the current owner is 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 flirting is, with the far right all right the time. Winger, yeah, mm-hmm. applies to cat turd every day. Yeah, uh, cat turd. Yeah, ugh. <laughs> but but. That's why I it's it's not that I'm like a, a Mark Zuckerberg apologist. Yeah, see, I don't it's, even think that I don't even see any like the, the thing is like now I'm like Facebook for me seems so harmless because I go on every once in a while now and I'm like no one's on there. It's like truly like it's empty, people yeah. I went to high school with posting their kids' photos. Like, yeah, that's all I see on there now. It's not like but it's there. That, it's 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 you're just not privy. Like a lot of people I know, are. I, I am saying like there was a time. I I'm thinking like 2016. Like there was a time where you went on there and you saw people in your life hyper political. Blah blah blah. And I just don't see right. that kind of thing yeah. happening on there anymore. Sure, but yeah, uh, that's just my own experience. But. That that's why it feels like a less toxic thing for in that in my point of view than like Twitter now where you're like, well, you, you Russell, know. you recently you went on TikTok and you sent screenshots from the first three videos <laughs> that that popped up. Okay, I go on TikTok once every few months. Okay, shut they, wait. Okay, shut up. We're not lying on this podcast. No, I'm being once dead every few months. Yeah, I only the only time I go wow. on TikTok is when you. Or Douglas, send me a TikTok to look at. That's okay. wild. Okay. I don't go on there. I have nothing to go on there. But TikTok, they know what I want. I and what they up. show me is... <laughs> okay, so one, let's see. It's a woman leaning over like yoga outfit when your mom didn't want you to have kids at 20 like her. It's a sexy woman. Okay. Okay. Next one. Uh, okay, the next one is another woman in underwear. Uh <laughs> And she's putting on pants. What's that? Vi- what happened so, in that video? I don't know. I didn't watch it. I'm just okay. And then the other one. No, you can't show it because it's mean. But it's it... not mean. It's a it's a picture of a man. It's yeah. a picture of a large man with with bad teeth. Yeah. So, so that, it's telling me that that's what my. And then the fourth thing was a woman breastfeeding. So wow. It's so is this me... what the algorithm has decided for you? Or are you like really new to TikTok? So these are just the first. Again, I'm only going on once. Okay, I'll, maybe three is two. Once a month, probably. I'm going yeah, on there okay. for a video that someone sends me, and I don't do too much scrolling. We all yeah. know TikTok is the most accurate app. Well, but th- I'm saying like, here's but, one, but if you're really new to have, TikTok, it then it doesn't know you. To pull from, uh, yeah, but I guess if you don't give it much data, it's from, not that boobies. good. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I I love I talk about like a positive to social media, I and maybe it's apocryphal, but I love the idea of people finding out they're gay, or by oh, yeah, based yeah. on their TikTok they yeah, go yeah. like oh yeah like that moment of realization yeah, yeah. is very cool yeah yeah though so I think based on my interest it TikTok would would be trying to be like you're gay yeah and I'd be like TikTok. No, oh I, really? Has just been, like musical has tic- theater. Has TikTok been showing you like been I just, thinking you're gay? Back in my theater days, I could see it being like, well, you liked twenty legally blonde reality <laughs> show TikToks, so we assumed. <laughs> we assumed uh, there was there was uh, they were, they found the lead for the show. They did an MTV reality. Oh my! Show. I love that. I watched that with my mom. It was oh so wow! Good. Um, that is a fun concept for that, shows that to was do the a good show. Yeah, yeah. but did it and Legally Blonde good Who musical. Won? Uh, I thought like it's I don't, it, people. Like it was like ten years ago. People I don't on Broadway know. hate it though because I feel like the people who won they, they weren't like she oh, theater was, she people. was not as good as like the original lead. Yeah, uh, Laura Bell Bundy. I, I just remember show? back in the musical yeah. theater bitchy days, there was some long note that she holds, and so someone got a bootleg of her like taking like a big breath in the middle of it, and oh, they're like, oh, "Yeah, what a oh dumb God. bitch! She can't hold a note for thirty seconds." Broadway. Yeah, 
And then there was there was another show where they were casting like the leads for Greece. Um, yes, in like London. on TV. Was it was, London? I thought that was it. Was in London. Uh, I don't remember which. Maybe um, not. And I think the female lead they picked ended up becoming famous or something. Like she became like a Broadway actress after. Like she I did was a massive cast with Catherine mi- McPhee before <laughs> she became before she was conservative. Before Smash. Uh, she, no, after she's Smash. conservative. Oh, oh, okay. yeah. oh, oh, wait, wait, she's, who is she's she married again? to someone, David uh, Foster. She sang Somewhere okay. Over the David Rainbow Fo- on America's America, oh. America's American Idol. Oh, American Idol. Oh, I remember. Yeah. And it was like an amazing Yeah, I used to watch American Idol. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, those first couple years were so great. Simon got so yeah. nice. What the fuck? Kelly Clarkson, really good. No, but, Astounding. But think mm-hmm. about, though, think of a psychological experiment. Think about the first Thanks for years keeping us on track. Of, <laughs> back to the first feet. years of, of American Idol. If you look at some of those old videos of the bad people, it's so fucked up. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, they were like mean. They were high. They were getting mentally ill people. Yeah, for us to laugh. At. Yeah, and that was like the beginning of like reality competition kind of things. What do where... you think Real Housewives is, Russell? What do you think okay, any okay, of the things listen, that you enjoy now listen. are? I agree. I agree. They're taking advantage of people. Ba- with I remember when reality TV wasn't ethical. No. Oh, what a horrible time <laughs> okay. that was. Just Milf Island. You at know. least they were paying a real housewives. At least they get paid rather than like, you know, and at least in their mind, in our minds, we're able to do it because they're like, they have some sort of money, some sort of thing. We're able to rationalize sure. a bit more than like a poor person coming in who we're all just laughing at because they're, you know. And it's not only are we embarrassing them, they're also, they suck. Yeah. <laughs> no, suck. yeah. We're laughing but, at it, you know. Sure. They, but but it was it was the self-indignant ones that were the most glorious. The ones who no, were like, I, know. I, I know, am a good I know, singer. I know, I know. The, Did you see this thing, Milf Island? I need to watch it. No, I've seen never it. heard of Milf Island. Oh, so it's a new show where it's like okay. the, the, these moms are trying to find love, but yeah. they're with each other's sons. Oh no, I've seen an ad for it. And yeah. there was something where they they, they blindfolded the moms. Very Freudian. The moms Very Freudian. To, yeah. The moms had to touch them, right? The moms had to figure out which one was their son based on feeling, feeling. their naked upper body. And I was like, Oh my God, how yeah. is this allowed on TV? Yeah. Wow. And, okay. And there's something sometimes I like pair psychologists with reality TV and make like a real where you yeah because these studies yeah. are fascinating to watch. Okay, but yeah. remember that one uh, reality too where the everyone was an actor except the the Joe Schmo show or whatever. Everyone was an actor. A Truman thought, Show like he thought. Yeah, he thought it was almost like the Truman Show. He thought he was doing like a house with everyone, like Big Brother type situation. But it was like everyone was an actor except him. Um, so like wow. the Truman Show, which is so fucked up. Kristen Wiig was it was before SNL. It was one of her first like she was one of the actors wow. on the show. But like, uh, did any of them? Did any of them fuck him? I don't think so. Because that's that would make the show. The that most but, but you, gotta <laughs> film, you gotta film that one in Russia. Or, Man, I. Uh, Okay, so you are you're you're it's postdoctoral. What's what's your dream? You want to be a a, a professor? You want to tour? Yeah, so uh, I I do want to be a professor. Yeah, like that's my number one thing besides the science communication, which I love. Like I'm trying to emphasize on all my job applications that like look psychology research or being a professor. That's like my that's my number one thing ideally i would also like continue to do because i love the public speaking i love the tiktoks i love science communication i do want to write like a book like a popular science book so i definitely want to do all the science communication stuff because i love that but yeah my number one i i do actually love doing research and i i like teaching as well so i do want to be you are yeah to to bring it to to valentine's day uh first of all are you do you what are you getting nicole 
What did you get, Nicole, today? Today? Oh, on Valentine's Day? Um, we have a date night planned. Okay. I got my my beautiful girlfriend, Tova Silverman, a free ticket to see Gianmarco Cerezi headline. Where? Levity Live in West Nyack. Oh. <laughs> what a thoughtful I can't gift. Think of, you know what? You picked the perfect spot to say because... If it had been out of town, I'm like, oh, n- nice to get out of town, blah, blah, But you pick somewhere just far <laughs> enough away that it's so fucking annoying that she has to go to that. <laughs> like, not in the city either where you can do something after. No, mm-hmm. West Nyack. So it's it's a hassle. Oh, I'm going to take her to the food court after. <laughs> Romantic. Um, does she see a lot of your performances and stuff? Or does she? Oh, uh, yeah. How could she not? Okay. Yeah, yeah. Does she plenty. get tired of them or does she, like, love it? Like, uh. I'm oh. sure she, I think she I was I was going to give a joke answer, but I'll give a real one I think like it's fun sometimes when I'm doing well yeah she knows if she goes to see me and I don't do well that the night. night is over yeah <laughs> that the night I that see. I'm going to want to listen to my set yeah. right after even if we're oh, at dinner yeah and uh, with one earphone in and I'm going to say like okay do you think this would work instead so I think it's probably like stressful yeah, I feel the depending same way, on the circumstance. I feel the same way of like, yeah, I've seen you a lot. Um, I think uh, Chris, the reason I had a tough weekend, I did a set for this thing called Don't Tell. Oh, yeah. Uh, which they film and it, it's it's a very good channel. And uh, I just try not to put too much weight on it. I just said to myself, if I do well, I'll never have to worry about selling tickets again. And I, I, it was just fine. It was just fine. And I had yeah. one joke that like just did not work at all uh-huh. and i had a meltdown and our, our friend chris was there oh, man. and at some point he said to me he said you want to go listen to your set don't you go do it go Where, do it this We're was reconvene. in la this was in la and then and then in, in the morning i went to the delta lounge i couldn't sleep all night i was so verklempt and i was in the delta lounge and i called tova and i cried in the delta lounge oh, and no. and henry oh, winkler wow. was sitting there and he looked like really he looked like really like charming. Like he looked like camera ready. He looked good. This like cool green pants. Uh-huh. And I had this fantasy in that moment that Henry Winkler would see me crying and he'd come over and he'd say, artist. And I go, and he just ignored you. <laughs> and he'd, he'd say, talk to me, buddy. And he, we would have a moment. And I thought that would be so nice. Did that make you cry? And then more? he'd tell me a story. And then he'd tell me a story like, oh, I remember one time I failed. And, and then, and then he'd say, I can see that you're talented. But instead, I just talked to Tova and I cried. Elaborate. Oh, and wow. you need to write that into your Netflix show. I, I should, yeah. Henry, get Henry. Uh, but but I had a meltdown. So oh. so to answer your question, uh, no, I don't think Tova enjoys watching me at all. That, that sounds um, awful. I she likes like, it sometimes. It's, but it's yeah. exciting. It's exciting to see, you know, because you're like most of the time you've seen the material, you know the material. But it's exciting to see different groups respond. You know, where yes. you're like that's what that's what I uh, imagine as a loved one. I you know she takes away to probably yeah sure than me. like I'm sure when Nicole sees your sh- your show she goes how does this completely different group of older gay men respond to the show as opposed <laughs> to the previous one very interesting dynamics here uh, I, some young gay people there too I'm so lucky to to have Tova watch uh, because she is a it, 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 she, she's a genius uh, comedian she works as a manager but I've always I say that she's she really is a comedian and uh, her input is uh, invaluable to me. Mm. So I'm very lucky. That's cool. And I yeah. hope she enjoys it sometimes. What yeah. are you, are you bringing, is any chance you're bringing your boyfriend to West Nyack? Uh, to see me. <laughs> is this, so you have a performance on Valentine's Day? Yeah, it's a, it's a big stand-up comedy day. Okay. Because I think like, 
Maybe. I mean, oh, I, I said I, I wanted I to see you. So what, what, what is West Nyack? Like, it's just a mall. No, please. I feel okay. I feel ashamed that I even made it. Don't. Yeah. Don't. Well, Listen, I, I was no thinking of seeing one of your to. shows. Stop. Don't worry. We were, we were talking about, um, I might bring my friends to your Sunday show or something. Oh, or or one of your New York shows. Yeah. No, I really want to see. I And I've seen a few of your sets on oh, online, you. like your... Uh, your What's the James Corda? And yeah, I saw oh, that sure. said and some of your TikToks. And I thought yeah, you were coming up with I, an I adjective and you were like, your, and I was but, like, fun, <laughs> charismatic, <laughs> talented, incredible, talented. Your boyfriend never is a psychologist as well? He is, yeah. So he's a PhD right now. He's a Princeton. Uh, so yeah, he's in psychology. He's also a TikToker as well. His handle. Wow. Um, is Danny's brain, and he's he's a big educational TikToker as well. So we're both like educational TikTokers. We we started together during the pandemic. This was like during like 2020, fall of 2020, and he is the one who actually sort of inspired me to do an educational TikTok because um, I had this TikTok that was just like kind of a, a a fun account basically where I was just like posting random stuff and I had like 500 followers. It was just like nothing. I was just like playing around with the app and then he was like, oh, I'll try TikTok. But um, he's into both like linguistics and psychology stuff. So we started doing like content about like linguistics and sure. he started taking off. So he took off first and then I was like, oh, I'll I'll try this. And then I started uh, doing some videos and then I started taking off. So it's something we do like kind of Did together. you feel like whoever had the most followers became the dominant one in the relationship? <laughs> I mean, it's definitely like a point of like contention a bit, but I mean, we, we, we deal with it, but it's a little bit, I mean, he started with more followers and then I surpassed that because I had that random blip uh, last November. But, um, but yeah, no, we manage it. It's, it's nice that we are in like similar fields, like that we both, research psychology and that we both are like psychology tiktokers so. i know there was a study there was a psychological study that was uh do uh, moral philosophers behave more morally oh, i love this and one. my question yeah. is does do uh, uh psychology boyfriends uh behave less irrationally <laughs> I think the answer is no. From uh -huh, uh -huh. that seems to be the thing. Yeah. Knowledge yeah. isn't it yeah. doesn't change. No, I, I I don't think I've seen any like psychologists who seem to behave less irrationally. Um, there's this psychologist Paul Bloom, I, who's like I'm a huge fan of, and he is often asked like, has psychology impacted the way you live your life at all? Are there any psychology findings you like take to heart and change your behavior and or like change how you parent? Because he's like a dad, and he was like. No, like basically not because it, it's funny, like a lot of these psychology findings don't come away with like, like, like Jesus. advice or anything. Yeah. They say that like this group behaves differently when we do this to this group, which is why like it was nice that you like took something out of the bystander study that you could apply to real life. Yes, yeah, um, it was sticky. It was yeah. just sticky. Because like I have trouble coming up with examples where like psychology has influenced like how I behave in real life. But also, like, the fact that I've been doing this for, like, 10 years or what, however long I've been doing it, maybe, like, I just, it's so ingrained in me that I don't know how it's shaping my behavior. But, like, I can't think of, like, concrete ways in which, like, oh, I'm going to apply this psychology finding to, to real life. Your study made me think, oh, I'm going to be more negative on Twitter to go viral. <laughs> yeah. So I appreciate that. Yeah, no, I think... I think some of that research has maybe influenced how I behave on the... Because, like, on TikTok, sometimes you're like, should I, like, lean into the controversy a little bit? Y you never want to do that too much. You never want to sure. lean into, like, the sort of the bad incentives and become, like, sure. you know, a 
polarizing mess of things. But sometimes you're like, how can I have like a, you know, a hook that like is like a little bit. I have a book pitch. Take it, please. If I ever had a baby, I would want to do some of these more the nice psychology experiments. Like there was one that you showed of a baby crawling across a a clear uh, glass, glass. essentially. And if the parent made like a face, the baby would like not do it. And if they made like a the baby, and the baby did it backwards, it was very cute. Uh, I've I think as my child got older, I would want to like do the thing of like, ooh, I wonder if they can. I, I remember this study. I've talked about it on here before. I love yeah. that. Where they, they, knock, they like knock something off a, a shelf, but oh, there yeah. was a rod, so like gravity did not play out. And like uh-huh. the baby doesn't register it. It's nothing to the oh, baby. Oh, yeah, but then yeah. one day they do it, the baby's old enough that they go, what? Because yeah. they, they, they understood that the ball should have fallen. Right. And I yeah. would love like yeah. a book of like, Try mm-hmm. this around this age and see oh, what it yeah. changes. Ooh, that's a good like a one. little like fun yeah. baby psychology. People would say it's unethical. Mm-hmm. Like put your baby in a box for three years <laughs> and see like, yeah. do are they scared of you? No, yeah. but but that's good because like when I was in undergrad, like when they I took a few developmental psychology classes and the professors would like bring in their like four year old kid and be like we're going to try some psychology experiments on my kid. And they would do like live demonstrations for us basically. What kind of thing? Yeah. Uh, let's see. I forgot what they were at that age, four years old. Um, This is why I want you to have a kid. Oh, I think, okay. I think it it was like conservation. So I think kids at whatever age, I mean, this was many years ago. I think they didn't realize that like when like water is in a tall glass, they think it's like more water than when it's in like, like a shallow bowl. So basically if you like pour like, water from the shallow bowl into the tall glass you're like is is there like more water now and they're like oh yeah there's like more water so they don't know that there's the same amount yeah. of water they think yeah. it's like more that's yeah, so, so it was things like but that I would, yeah. I would love if i had a kid like that feels like no one get mad i'd love yeah. to have the kid where like the one day where i do it and yeah. on video and i would film it yeah and maybe he'd be like there's more water and then the one uh-huh. day that he like kind of knows yeah and i would do it You'd every like, morning it so out. i could find it i could find the one day where he goes i think think it's more and i'm like oh my god he's almost there. <laughs> uh, you go super viral make a new account for this listen if they if if i ever had listen. a kid sag aftro would have to interfere <laughs> because i am turning that baby into more content than you oh, can yeah. imagine oh, yeah. mm-hmm. i already got the baby cam on him why not hit record oh, yeah, yeah. Make yeah compilations mm-hmm. um i interrupted you earlier did you remember what you wanted to say i don't i worry about this i think i worry about this couch that that it's it's too cozy. It's too comfy. <laughs> so I did I did Pete Holmes. Oh, pipe. I do I do. Um, uh, I was gonna say, oh, just about we you had mentioned earlier, you know, or you had asked about like colleges in terms of hiring TikTok. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, I feel like I would rather hire a famous like person. Like I would rather hire a TikTok psychology person because I'm like they want money to those colleges you know what I mean it's sure, a, it's sure, a thing sure. that, a selling point I feel like that's all I was gonna say I feel like yeah. you should not be afraid of it because you're like they can market that and, it's, and it doesn't take it away any but it's also dangerous because they know like god forbid you go on TikTok one day and you go like you say anything controversial and then they gotta deal with the fucking headache of mm. of like of you that. getting dragged and then Fox News goes Harvard sucks <laughs> What was that? Do you remember? There was a recent like psychologist who it was something about pedophilia that they had like a book and they got like in big trouble. Vaguely. I think I saw some Twitter. 
stuff about it. I um, think whenever people, and this is what sometimes I, I think the problem with science communication, the struggle of it is like, yeah, I, let's just say I can imagine that it was related to like the lack of free will that yeah, people have yeah, inclinations. Yeah, yeah. And I think like even for a psychologist to admit, I mean, my R. Kelly joke was basically yeah. about these psychological terms are not used right. because collectively people just go, no, you're a pedophile. Yeah. Like it, it's a psychology yeah. Yeah. joke. Yeah. Uh, so I could see why it would also be dangerous to hire like a famous. Yeah. I don't know how colleges prize fame. Yeah. I mean, so the thing is, I've been like encouraged to not emphasize the science communication part. Like I, of course, like I mention it in my like job application, but like the people who would be like hiring me for a professorship position would be essentially other professors. It wouldn't be like the college administrators and stuff. It would be other professors. And oftentimes they're like more senior professors. And sometimes the more senior professors are skeptical of those who popularize science and I mean you know sometimes those who do popularize science do dumb it down or they go you know Jordan Peterson they go off the deep end he was a psych professor at Toronto was he like, ever respected he was, or was he always a weirdo so my current advisor professor Javon Bavel at NYU he was at Toronto when Jordan Peterson was there and he says that like Jordan was like really respected when he was there like he taught classes that people really liked and if you if you look at some of his original like youtube videos where he's just teaching classes he actually seems like a good teacher he seems compelling but um of course that's like that's kind of gone out the window recently as he's become like more more like partisan and just like more just like well, that, but, that, but that's the thing and, about like yeah. becoming a, a figure where yeah. and i don't even know what he earlier professed yeah. I, I barely know what he but but like now it's beyond corrupt in the sense of like yeah it's it has to oh the sports illustrated cover i gotta weigh yeah. in on that it, it becomes right. so uh someone told me um a comedian told me the version for stand-up comics who do it mm -hmm. because part of it is like you know Sometimes I, I you, we record this in advance, and it's like sometimes I'm like I got to get it in the moment so we can weigh in on the cultural things because oh, the yeah, algorithm yeah. supports yeah. it. But on the yeah. other hand, it's like, but then it's garbage. Yeah. Who, mm -hmm. Oh, you 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 wanted to hear like the uh, when the Chris Rock got slapped. Like also, you're there's the no way. Like mm -hmm. by the time you're even sitting down to record, almost every sort of take or thing has already. And been you captured. have to have a take. Do you know what I mean? Sometimes yeah. you're just like. You sometimes you're just to. like. That's the annoying thing. You uh, have to. Have a take. I don't care. Most of the time, 95% of the time, I'm like, I don't care enough about this. I I'm fooling myself into caring because it's easy to get riled up. You see people having these impassioned takes on on either end of the thing. And you're like, ultimately, you're like, do I actually care about this sort of TV yes. show or this thing? No, I don't. You know, do you ever wish that you could do like, does it ever feel like social media research is more uh, boring than putting a baby on a, a glass sheet and seeing if they walk across. Like that seems like a more fun day to me than numbers, 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 test. Like if sometimes it feels like the same way that Freud got to like kind of talk about everything in big sweeping artistic oh, yeah, statements yeah. because yeah. it was so new Yeah, that like now Freud would talk about everything. Now you got a psychologist who like, I specialize in children who, who lost their moms at two. And it's like, yeah. it becomes so specific. You don't get to do these kind of like yeah. big sweeping theses. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, so personally, I do actually love it. I love the, like, I, I like the stats. I like the coding. I like the data analysis. And I do like 
the social media research and you you do kind of have to specialize as a like psychology researcher like you it's just this implicit rule of the field i don't know like why you have to but it's also like you, you know you have to become an expert on something it's really hard to be an expert on multiple things and yes. keep up with the literature and everything so you kind of have to be an expert in one thing but like i like being an expert in the social media stuff just because i'm like i am interested in social media and what it's doing to our world and i am also very active on social media both sort of as a consumer and as a creator and stuff so i like that i think that actually sounds more fun than running in-person participants that's actually like takes forever and like now with i just want to be with babies i think yeah yeah <laughs> i just want to experiment with babies <laughs> uh, uh, but in, if, in your TV show, when you write yourself as a psychologist, you will be like, uh, you will make yourself a baby it's researcher. It's gotta be. Who is like, the other thing yeah. is not as uh -huh. Babe, oh, yeah. I think, if I'm being honest, psychologist. I think this is a thing I will put in the show. Um, uh, Just so you if, know, you're gonna hate this. I have to leave in 10 minutes. Oh my God. I know, I have sound check at 6.15. I just realized. And I was 15 It's gonna late. work. I know, I'm just telling you. It's gonna work. Let me the call Titanic. Call Titanic. <laughs> Just trust it. This is like, Broadway to the degree. But it'll still be because it's longer if I. Yeah. Do. Okay. I understand. Uh, okay. Then let me uh -huh. let me we'll, we we'll we'll close it out. We don't have to rush. Uh -huh. uh, okay. Valentine's Day. We're talking about love. Mm -hmm. uh, I want to do astrology, but let's 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 get there naturally. Mm -hmm. um, any any great studies about love romance? couples Ooh, um mm. so let me do one of the most uh this is a famous psychology study i've talked about it in one of my tiktoks but i do like this one it's on something it's called um misattribution of arousal so it's a very um this is they did this study on a um a scary bridge so one group of like and this was done like back in the you know 70s or something it's an old study but i think the general premises behind it tend to replicate so um they had like one group and these were heterosexual participants like heterosexual men cross a go across either a scary bridge or a um that was like really steep and rickety or a sort of not so scary bridge like you know one really low to the ground and then they sort of like had uh the experimenter was sort of you know an um attractive woman and she sort of she said to the person the men either on the scary bridge or the low to the ground bridge she's like here's my phone number um call me if you have any questions uh, about the experiment and apparently according to the study the men on the uh scary bridge they were more likely to call the experimenter after the experiment mm. and the reasoning behind this was um is essentially that we misattribute our arousal so they were feeling arousal or sort of like you know adrenaline in their body from the scariness of the bridge and they interpreted this feeling of arousal as being like oh i'm attracted to this woman essentially so i mean this can be in everyday things like if you're on a roller coaster or if you're having a cup of coffee or something and it makes you like feel sort of jittery in your body you might misinterpret that as is that why people take go on dates to scary movies yeah, no I, I think that might be part of it uh, and also coffee dates as well coffee dates is like a you know be that, because like the jittery, coffee, coffee makes you jittery and everything and this is also just kind of a general premise in psychology is sometimes like we uh come up with like 
you know, rationalizations of like feelings that we have in our body. Like, oh, I'm feeling this because of this. That's called like attribution, essentially. And oftentimes our attributions of feelings in our body might be wrong. And this is But one. could there be anything connected to like, oh God, I almost died. What have I done in my life? I need to find a partner. <laughs> like, you know what I mean? Like, do, yeah. is there anything there? You said she was Maybe it's existential, yeah. She was attractive too. Like that was part of the, yeah, that feels stressful. Was. Like what if the yeah. experimenter was like, oh, and and I'll play the attractive woman. Mm. And they go like, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, we're going to throw these results out, I think. You'd have auditions. <laughs> You'd have auditions, sure. Yeah. Uh, okay. Well, you also, I could see calling. It's really funny I could, to imagine like the researcher like being like so clearly not a researcher. Just like, hi. Like, like a really, <laughs> hi, I'm a Harvard psychologist. I'm, oh, yeah? You're going to go across the bridge? Oh, that's hot. Uh, that's a Russell character. Okay. Um, uh, so I could, but I also could see like I, they, they called and did they did they take into account like did they hit on her or I would have called and been like, how dare you do that to me today? That bridge was so fucking scary. <laughs> yeah, I I screamed. Don't please if please delete that recording. Like like I could see to his point, there could be other motivations behind that. And my question is, did Maybe. the study test at all if it lasted? Or like, like, did it imprint on you at all that forever you misattributed, or did you just misattribute for twelve hours? But I think it's like we always misattribute. Know. You know, I don't know. Yeah. Every t every time I hear a psychology yeah. test, I'm like, you could take that test a thousand different directions. Like, you could a week later see if if you they ran into her, if they were flirtatious. Yeah. You could see a month later, a year later. How long does it last? There's so much. No, totally. And I mean, there are budgetary and time constraints of sure. course but like yeah and i guess i don't know the answer to those questions except yeah i guess just the general principle of we misattribute things in our body like even if we're like you know hungry or something like did they follow up did they like see if like a roller coaster operator got more pussy than he, he should have <laughs> given like he's always there all the time i would do yeah, that like like it. whenever people got off roller coasters i do a study like a roller coaster that went upside down versus one that just went up and down, that at the end, when people got off, it'd say, just so you know, there's a free room here. Would you like to borrow it for <laughs> well, an no, hour? you could just, no, listen. You could That's just, a great study. You could just that, do I could people, get funding for you, that. You, that, you need to be a psych researcher. Study, people that went on a roller coaster versus people that didn't go on a roller coaster and then find out how who got some in the next 24 hours. Sure. Know? There's a million, and like, now tell me this, like, it feels like both those examples. Yeah. You could do them. Doesn't yeah. sound any crazier than what they did. A, a scary bridge. That's just an idea someone had. Yeah, I will say. So psychology studies, like in the sixties and seventies, like way more fun. They were way more wild. Like a study like that probably wouldn't be done anymore, except to maybe replicate that initial study. Like the studies now are a bit more boring or careful, more controlled, they're, they're, more controlled. Yeah, and, uh, and they're usually better science. Like think of like the Stanford prison experiment or some of those like crazy studies that they did in um, like the seventies and the sixties and stuff were just, in a way this co-hosting relationship is kind of like the Stanford prison experiment. <laughs> um, <laughs> what's the most unethical study that's ever been done in America, I guess. Uh, yeah. So I did a video on the top five most unethical oh. psychology studies. Um, I mean, the Stanford Prison Experiment has to be one of them. That that was in my top five. What videos, was the worst thing that so. happened? They they were just mean, or did they hit them? 
the, the, the fake pri- the well, fake guards? No, it was unethical for like a number of reasons. So it was done in, uh, so it was done at Stanford, actually where I took my Stanford intro psych class. There's like a plaque there because we took oh the class God. in the basement. So it was done in that exact basement where I took my intro psych class um, by this guy, uh, Philip Zimbardo, who, yeah, mm-hmm. he basically wanted to show that people could become evil based on like the roles that they were assigned. So yeah. he, he got a bunch of like uh like college age like men together and put them in like in a basement and said we're gonna like simulate a prison half of you will be prisoners and half of you will be prison guards he knew to make it all men uh at least to not make it yeah. like a, a yeah. co-ed jail right and yeah. and there were follow-up studies that show that people who respond to an advertisement that says like <laughs> come to a prison simulation yeah. they tend to be a bit more That's on the, the aggressive thing. side come, come be a cop That's, but yeah yeah <laughs> yeah they show that people who want to be cops have guns on their waist <laughs> tend to be a little more violent yeah whoa, 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 whoa. yeah but okay so one of the actually most unethical things about this study is that um so it later came out because there were recordings from this experiment that were like unearthed later showing that um uh so what philip zimbardo said happened in the experiment which wasn't really the truth is that just spontaneously because of the roles they were assigned uh these prison guards started sort of like acting like abusive and kind of torturing the prisoners in these prison simulation and they had to shut down the experiment it got so bad but later these un- recordings showed that philip zimbardo was essentially coaching the prison guards to act this way like he wanted this result wanted from the, the experiment result. yeah so yeah yeah it was it was basically it was kind of a commentary on him it wasn't like a commentary on the yeah the was social it, was roles. it was it very mendacious he knew exactly what he was doing or do you think it was subconscious like go over there make sure they're in line make yeah. sure they're in, and he like what do you i don't know i i, I think that's debatable is he still yeah. alive uh he is still, i would see him around stanford occasionally he's like oh. a re, he's a retired professor is he a shame yeah, like he, is there he, a shame he, around he, his name he has now? a little mustache uh he, yeah a a bit. People view him a little bit as like a kind of um, sketchy character. I think. I mean, he's he's done some of the most famous studies out there, but people. They, I think he has kind of a reputation from the prison experiment. Of, sure. And maybe other things as well. To the, you know, a again, tad what's the creepy. thing? Books have been written. Yeah. Like like policies have been made off the. the oh yeah, it was one of the most influential like experiments of all time, and a lot of it wasn't real i guess do you ever feel cynical about your whole profession that it is so tainted that it obviously it's obviously it has to be useful like for example not to go back to just the maybe the bystander effect was the only effective study ever made but like that's obviously useful yeah there's there's kernels of something in all of this but it's filled with possible with Third, that that study, the thing we talked about earlier about the thirty percent being or whatever being replicable. Yeah, yeah. So the thing is, the there is like really really good research being done. So one thing is like in the past ten years, research practices have improved a lot, and now there are really high standards in psychology, social psychology, almost more than in other fields, just to have high powered samples and really like rigorous statistics and everything. Do you have to go? I'm so sorry. Okay. I'm yeah. So sorry. No. No worries. So yeah. Sorry. No. Right. Just getting right. free tickets in, to Titanic. Enjoy your Sanchez. I would love to see Titanic, but I. But I can also. Pay they give for Russell it. unlimited I, tickets. I, up, up. <laughs> I've heard such good things about it. Like people have said amazing things. So yeah. Yeah. Well, no, he, I, he, no, he I, came I, into I the purport, the show later. So I, yeah. I'm, <laughs> um. So, okay. See you. Later. Yeah. So. 
Yeah, I just wonder if you ever feel like any kind of, or whether like, I don't know in science whether you're allowed, whether if you say you're a scientist next to a physicist, they, they roll their eyes. Yeah, so I went to a physicist, I went to a physics conference over the past, like, uh, so I was there Thursday through uh, Friday, Wednesday through Friday, and I spoke to these physicists about psychology, basically, and science communication on a panel, and they seemed to have a lot of respect for psychology, and they seemed to really? think what I was doing was cool, which I, I wasn't necessarily used to, but I, I think physicists are actually, like, really cool, quirky people. That was my impression from the conference. Do the fields really have, but, like, a physicist are like this, geologists are like this, like... Like, are there Maybe. overarching things that you, you like physicists are quirky? Yeah. So I, I've heard a lot of social scientists talk about how like psychology sometimes has physics envy. Like psychology has tried to make itself a really empirical science. And I think it has done that to sort of imitate other sciences basically and try to you know make become really falsifiable have these theories use like sort of advanced statistics and stuff but that's of course hard to do with behavioral data yeah. so i've heard that in terms of stereotypes of the field yeah i don't know i see that a bit but i don't know again often my stereotypes are are wrong the physicists turned out to be different than what i sure. expected them to be so, um, yeah, I, I know we will. We'll, let me just let's yeah. let's touch on astrology. Because OK, yes, I'm ready. I. I find it very frustrating. Yeah. Um, I we also we had we had at one point we had someone who who said they were uh, uh, a psychic on the show. And I'm very I'm oh, very. Really? But like Russell, wow. I, this is where I was bummed to lose Russell. Where like he. He's not going to say he believes it, but he's moved by it. Whereas opposed to me, yeah. I went through my phases. I I, I read my, uh, was his name Michael Sherman? Was he? Uh, he's he was, like the skeptic He's guy. like, yeah, like he was, yeah. there, first there's the amazing Randy. Yeah. There's the, that old like atheist yeah. crew. And then there's like, uh, uh, yeah, Michael Sherman would like go yeah. to war with Deepak Chopra. And they'd, yeah. have, they'd have things about right. quantum mechanics. Right. But um, astrology, I find uh, particularly bad because partially it's part of my mm -hmm. my liberal world that mm -hmm. like it's it's still it's and there's a comedian named jeffrey it's asmus really trendy, yeah yeah there's a comedian named jeffrey asmus he had a tweet once about like you can't get mad at others for not believing in global warming if you believe in astrology and i think like that's totally fair yeah and i think uh you're never going to make everyone scientists yeah but with the vaccine we certainly witnessed a like something's wrong in science education oh, yeah. Yeah. Um, and it's hard to know what healthy skepticism is. I mean, I admittedly did very little research of the vaccine. I just generally go, if the scientific community generally accepts this and the people telling me to get it also got it, we're fine. But that's fair to trust the consensus. You can't go out there and do your own research, and you shouldn't sure. either. Like, sure. Yeah. And yeah. But so I hate astrology. I find yeah. it, I find it, uh, uh, it just interjects itself. It's become, and it's become almost cliche for a yeah. man to, to like be like astrology stupid. And I'm not saying it's just men and women. Oh yeah. Yeah. What are your, and, and I also have the thing of, uh, I'm sorry, I know I'm rarely, but like the Huffington Post, uh, the horoscopes are in the women's voices section. And like, to me, yeah. that should be a yeah. cause of offense. Yeah. Um, but talk to me about astrology. So I have kind of complex, uh, opinions on, 
astrology actually uh first of all so astrology is fake just uh yeah sure um and uh, i've i've done a lot of like videos on my tiktok sort of like debunking astrology and, uh, and and people do get mad but um and i think that's made me more frustrated with astrology recently because back i think early college i was actually kind of into astrology but i was never into it in a way where i like thought it was true i was like this is fake but it's kind of fun to talk about like being an aries i don't like, understand it's that. like i, I okay I, i've heard okay. it i'm not saying yeah. like i understand it but yeah. i don't understand it because i'm like Go do anything else. Yeah. You're mingling with people who do believe it. And that's weird to me. Yeah. But I don't know. I wasn't really. I feel like a lot of like when I talked about it with my friends back then, it was more ironic. But I think like, yeah, sometimes when I talk to like more of Gen Z, I see like this sincere belief in astrology. And yeah, I have gotten a lot of i will say the astrology folks and then the manifestation folks when i debunk my girlfriend my girlfriend is she, your girlfriend into manifestation yeah, yeah again again it's that world yeah where i think if if you put her in a courtroom she'd go no but yeah. i think believing in it influences the decisions you make so that you really seek out that thing i think what she really believes yeah. in is um articulation of what you want yeah but she calls it manifestation and and we'll like kind of jokingly in a way where she might say she doesn't believe it but i would argue eh, but you kind of do yeah. believe it yeah. something in you again but what's a belief yeah yeah but i i yes yeah oh i have things to say about manifestation too because there are studies on how if you simply like if you manifest being rich just simply like thinking of your goal and what it's going to be like if you achieve it like studies show that that doesn't help anything what does help is if you think of your goal and then you think of your obstacles to achieving it if you think of an active plan that stuff works so if you say that manifestation is like a placebo effect that works it, it really isn't in the way that people are currently doing it mm. if you are if you are actively thinking about obstacles and how you can overcome them to reach your goals then that's better but not just the manifestation so yeah um it's interesting that, your frustration with that seems higher than your frustration with that seems like my frustration with astrology yeah maybe it's because i like I think astrology is kind of fun and fun. it's also part of like the queer community a little bit and like gay culture. Yeah. So it's interesting that it's both like sort of the, the women's voices thing and like gay culture is like, is there astrology. any reason behind that? And you think there's any, I, I read once that it's like something that's alternative from a mainstream point of view. I read I don't something really about why, but with yeah. the higher percentage of women. And I, again, I don't yeah. know if this was debunked, but it was the idea that in a patriarchal society, yeah. when you have less, uh, autonomy available to you you yeah. look towards outside things that influence your Fair. behavior okay and and i guess one could say that about the queer community in yeah. a uh, what, what would you call homophobic society that maybe. you that you would be that maybe yeah. that's why it, it latched on yeah i mean and there are there is a study that shows that people go to like psychics and astrologists in times when they are like suffering and life so there is something like if you feel uncertainty in life you will go to something that makes you feel more uncertain um but yeah i don't know why it's become part of i mean maybe that theory is true i, I but i don't know I, yeah, it's, I hard, it's hard it to test I, I know that i read um, that yeah. it was a study that said that and yeah. that's why it's it i know that yeah. it's a higher percentage of women than men in america yeah at yeah some point. yeah um yeah but um 
my experience when I've like taught, when I've debunked manifestation astrology on TikTok, those communities have come after me in sort of a very frustrating um, way. And and yeah, no, I've also been called like a white man for talking about like how like manifestation and astrology is fake. And, uh, and it's, it's so hard yeah. because there's a part of me that I'm like, okay, okay, but it is fake though. Yeah, yeah, and um, yeah, what I don't like is when it's so sincerely believed in this dogmatic way to the point where you are not going to accept like actual oh, forms of like legitimate science. Like yeah. when you become anti-science because you believe in these things, like that is what frustrates me. I think there's a way to do it in like a fun way, but once it starts like, once you start believing in the stuff at the expense of science, then that that is really frustrating. And what I've seen is some of these communities on TikTok, the astrology and manifestation folks, they've been more, they've been some of the more dogmatic communities I've interacted with. So, I think, yeah. but I think my argument is that, and again, I'm not saying you're disagreeing mm -hmm. entirely, but I'm like, you you can't live in a world where people kind of believe in a fun way in something. You will but always like have fiction. people who sincerely, but, but, there, but, but I'm saying like astrology, it's always going to, there's always going to be a huge swath that actually believe it. Yeah. And it's going to affect the way. Yeah. I mean, it's like, you know, this is this, it all ties together with misinformation and social yeah. media where like the psychology almost becomes useless because anyone can undermine it at any point. And science and communication of science, like the news promoting the study about red wine being good for you, right. or this, that, and the other, right. has sensationalized it. And, and it's not turning back anytime soon. Yeah. That why would anyone believe? anything a scientist says anymore because they've been they've they've been lied to in so many different ways i think that's like my i i there is a part of me that understands why a government mass rolling out a vaccine would stress someone out given that you hear the government lied in all these different other instances and yeah. and it's yeah it's the same with psychology and but the bottom line is like I see astrology as bad because it's an avenue for irrational people to have a system where they can be reinforced by other people who have that irrational belief and then ultimately believe in something that isn't real and they use it to dictate their lives. Ronald Reagan's wife, Nancy? Yeah, Nancy Reagan. Nancy she had an astrologist that Ronald would listen to and, and would influence even if he political didn't fully decisions. believe in it, yeah. it might have decided his yeah. nuclear plan. Yeah. So to me, that stuff is bad. Yeah, I... I'd rather have everyone have their okay. own individual irrationalities than a collective one. I see. Where they're I able see. to reinforce each other. Yeah. Um... Yeah. Okay. I, I, I like half by what you say. Cause yeah, no, I think the hardcore belief in it is bad. I think a little bit of, but like, cause I think we can have like half beliefs essentially. Like, um, a lot of people report believing in some kind of superstition. I don't know if you have superstitions around like performances, like when you go I on stage. Them. Okay. Yeah. I, I, of course, I mean, I try to fight them too. The number th if I see yeah. the number 13 or, or okay. whatever, sometimes I'm like, yeah. I want to avoid it. I'm like, no, do it. Yeah. It is not anything. Yeah. No, I, I, I try to fight it too. I, I think it's and the more I've been in science. I think the more I've tried to, um, fight it, but I, but I think it's a natural thing especially when you're in a place of anxiety or if you just like want to have fun a bit to be superstitious and i also think with the decline of like um like 
religion or things in society that people are often turning to things that aren't religion, but instead are like TikTok witchcraft or uh, sure. astrology or manifestation. It's kind of replacing that impulse. I think or a lot Q-Anon. of us I mean, like, have that impulse. Yeah, also I like think other things that are maybe yeah, worse. Other political conspiracy theories, things like that. I think people have many, I don't think everyone has this religious or spiritual impulse, but many do. And uh, ideally, you find an outlet for it that isn't. Um, Are you an atheist? Destruct- I am an atheist. Yeah. Yeah. Uh huh. Are you? Uh, no, I think I'm a. Uh, uh, there's a term called a fideist. Uh, Martin okay. Gardner. Yeah. He, he Martin Gardner, who was like part of that big skeptic movement. Mm-hmm. He said, "I believe in God because it feels good to do so." Oh yeah. And yeah. then, but and then the challenge would be like, "So you don't believe in God?" And he said, "No, I do." Like, I don't know if I'm that. I have I have flowery huh. views about consciousness being. Uh, uh, a panpsychist. I like panpsychism. Oh yeah, panpsychism is becoming like popular among like philosophers and yeah. even like neuroscientists. Like so for, for some reason, for like, panpsychism. Yeah. It's it's kind of the idea that everything is conscious, but but like not to get carried away. It's like there. It's not saying that like an Adam's like hi, my name's Adam. Yeah. It's saying that like consciousness, like like dimension or volume or weight or whatever, right. is a fundamental uh, thing of the universe. And and it's been so long. Uh, but the idea is that some people think uh, consciousness is an epiphenomenon, right? Yeah, Where yeah. just a, there's it's, some. It's like accidental, basically. It's accidental, like, and it's, it comes yeah. out of the brain. But uh-huh. then there's other people who go like, well, that doesn't make any sense. How does yeah. non-consciousness become consciousness? It must be actually part of the whole thing. Yeah. And it can be like, you know, th- then there's the arguments called the combination. I really do. I miss some of the stuff. You're the, you're like really into this. Like the combination I, problem is the idea of okay, let's say every atom is has a degree of consciousness, or the, mm-hmm. you might call it proto consciousness. Mm-hmm. How do they all combine to make one I am? How does a brain combine to make one thing? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Oh, but. I was so, I was like really into this in college. I would write a lot of research papers on it and take classes. And yeah, one of the big theories at that time was um, like integrated information theory. It was Uh one of the panpsychist theories. Basically, the idea was like when information essentially becomes integrated and combined and interacts with each other in a very complex way, it becomes conscious. So like they thought, that you know that's why like the brain was conference because it's conscious it's this very complex system of integrated information um it had all these paradoxes though like could the internet become conscious because it's like this sure. integrated sure. information that was really popular i'm not sure if that one's still as popular but people were leaning very into like like neuroscientists and stuff were leaning into these panpsychist theories and in, um, in there yeah i find uh uh, I, it's obviously I, I I I try to be optimistic about it. That's the faith part where I like try mm-hmm. to be like. But I think in there I'm like there's more to the picture, and I, yeah. I fight that urge to be like, and we know what it is. Yeah. But I think I'm always connected to. Uh, there was some, and he's he's quite quite the atheist, I believe. But he was basically like, some people think the consciousness is a, a problem that human beings are incapable of solving, which kind of feels like a cop-out. But this guy was basically saying, like, a dog could never conceive of algebra. And in that same sense, human beings can't conceive right, of this consciousness. Right. But at the same yeah. time, he believes that but still believes it's an epiphenomenon. So I think that's kind of like – it's like hmm. kind of having your cake and eating it too in a way. Yeah. But uh, I think in there I – that's where I'm like, well, I'm not a strict atheist, I think, in in that sense – 
and and I'll think kind of fruitily when I take my shrooms and and I do my yeah. various drugs. I think like yeah, yeah. oh maybe maybe like we're part of a thing. Yeah, and that's about yeah. as far as I can yeah. go. Yeah, no, I I think I have agnostic leanings certainly, and I think I like do see like the like on mystery and things, but. I just, I feel like I'm atheist in the strict sense. It's just the easiest way to, I don't know what label you used exactly, but yeah, it was just. Yeah, yeah. Fideist, but but then you explain and people go, Uh I I would say probably like a, like a, a a pantheist, but then people think something very specific too, Uh where it's like a a mother, like hugging everybody. (laughs) And so it's like, well, it's not that. Yeah. yeah, Uh, yeah. It would be nice. Uh But I think I, I, that's just why astrology bugs me, and I feel like it's become like socially so acceptable to to like be like, "What's your sign?" And it bothers me because I feel like it puts me in the position to either uh, not express myself honestly, which is, "Oh, I don't think that's anything." Like it it forces me to either like be like, "I'm a Leo," or be rude. Are you a Leo? Because like my so my theory is sometimes that people who have bad signs are the ones who don't That's like astrology. so funny. And so I'm an Aries, which is like, I think one of the, you know, good signs when you read it. But I would also think Leo would be a that's a very good funny. sign. Yeah. So. Well, but that's what they go. You're courageous. I'm like, well, you're already off the mark. Uh, but yeah, it, I think it just bothers me. The, the reason it bothers me is because I have to confront it more often. Yeah. You know, I also don't like it when uh, Hasidic Jews approach me and want me to do the tefillin. Like, I'm like, I feel like you're forcing me to be rude. I don't think this is a thing. If you want to wrap this around your arm and do the yeah. thing, yeah. be my guest. But I don't like yeah. that you, you force me to go. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Makes sense. Um, Makes sense. All right. Let's go on to just our, our next quick segment. This has got to stop. This has got to stop. Do you remember the email? Oh, yeah, I do remember Is the there email. a this has got to stop? I do have a this has got to stop. So, do you remember um, Brene Brown and the whole being vulnerable thing? Like, remember when it was, like, really in to be vulnerable? This was, like, in 2013, 2015, okay. whatever. Like, there there was this, like, she was, like, uh, she had a TED Talk um, on, she. I think she's a psychologist or social worker, on the power of vulnerability. You really, have you not heard of the, I, yeah, I'm for sure, some reason, I'm I thought sure. it had seeped Let's, deeply into I mean, popular I, I, culture. I mean, I certainly went through the TED Talk. I remember yeah. when TED Talks were the thing. Oh, yes, totally. Oh, my God. Uh, this is so millennial of us, I could have seen it for sure. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um... Yeah, this whole there was this whole craze where like being vulnerable was like really um popular and how it was like so it's so good to be like vulnerable in your relationships and everything. And I think that there is like a level of truth to that, but I think it's been taken a little too far. And I think now we see in like the Gen Z era, uh people turn being vulnerable into oversharing on the internet and just constantly being vulnerable and sharing these parts of yourself all the time and i think one thing that should stop is maybe we should not be so vulnerable all the time like i think vulnerability has a place in personal relationships for instance i don't know if it has a place on the internet and i think we should be very selective with what we share about ourselves on the internet is it is it a a a kind because as as a comedian I mean, I share a lot about my life in a jokey way. Yeah, but I certainly you have to as a comedian. The rest of us don't, but like sure. I, I see that you have to for material. And also, just as like a, I'm a first person artist where yeah. like I don't even have the capability to. I just like writing about 
Yeah. That's just yeah, where yeah. my thoughts go. Uh-huh. Um, what's so an very example Leo of something... You. So what? So very Leo of you. <laughs> uh, so like, what's what's something that you're like, someone shared, like, is it that I'm feeling really sad today? Okay, so I so I had a personal experience, story that maybe illustrates this. Um, so I was on a podcast uh, a little bit earlier this month, and um, the pod uh, the podcast hosts I like her a lot, but she wrote this like um, for her like Substack. She wrote uh, this piece about me and my TikTok, where she commented on like how my TikTok brand is like so so neutral. She was like. He was so neutral. I wondered if he was even going to have a personality when I mm. talked to him. And this, she, she sort of just made these comments about like me not having a personality. And I sort of jokingly responded to it on TikTok, and we we chatted about it. So like no hard feelings uh, to her. But um, but in my response on TikTok, I kind of talked about how like it can sometimes feel n- nice to have this level of distance from my audience, where I am not like oversharing where I am not like saying things about me personally instead I'm just talking about the science and I I inject pieces of my personality into it but um but yeah no I feel like a lot of like young people especially feel like kind of pressured to overshare to go viral on sure. the internet and there are all these like TikTok trends where people like, are like yeah. you like disapproving of a result or like like they want you yeah. to have your opinion on it yeah, and I I throw that in sometimes, but uh, I I try to make it less about like my hot takes and more just like about the science. And I feel like it's feels better for me too to have that level of distance. That way, I can like actually you know deal with having that many like TikTok followers and stuff without feeling like oh god they're of all course. they're all like judging me for me. Instead, people are commenting on the science. They don't they often don't talk sure. about me, and I maybe that's. Um, Maybe that's also just me. I probably couldn't do what you do, the crowd work, the being a comedian, the everything like that. Like a that's few people that can. <laughs> but I, I thought it was interesting. Yeah. Yeah, one one of your videos you you were talking about uh free will and you're yeah. basically it felt like and I uh-huh. could be misinterpreting, you were like you were trying to leave room for free yeah. will to possibly be there, mm-hmm. but you kinda said lots of studies have shown Mm-hmm. most of it is predetermined. And in a way, it felt like cake and eat it too, to a degree of like, if you were to go on full on a determinist and go, uh, hey guys, there's no such thing as free will. So here's a study about it, that you would get a lot of pushback. Our whole society is based on the concept of free will. Arguably, yeah. we can't even think without believing people have free will. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But it felt like you were trying to leave the room for the people who do want to believe it. You were like, well, we haven't proven it entirely. Well, but we haven't. Like, I, I mostly wanted to be scientifically accurate because, sure. like, I, there kind of isn't a way to disprove free will at this point. There's ways to argue that a lot of things are based on genetics or based of our environment and to say where's the room for free will early but you know who knows we could discover something about the brain or consciousness which we still know very little about that shows that maybe, yeah maybe there is some free will in that explanation so no i can't uh disprove but like 
I guess what I was trying to get at is like a lot of like neuroscientists just don't believe in free will because I think once you've spent a lot of time sort of looking at these findings, you're like, yeah. I don't really see where it fits into the explanation. So that's kind of what I was getting at. But but yeah, sorry. Yeah, I don't know no, what, no, it's just like, yeah. I just thought as I think one of the struggles of science communication mm -hmm. is there, there was some book, again, this was like a phase of my life that I was really deep in it. And then, you know what? It was someone who was getting like a PhD in mm -hmm. philosophy at Columbia mm -hmm. was like, come to one of my uh, lectures sometime. People can yeah. pop by. And I went there and I was like, oh, I'm stupid. Like it was about like time and, and, and slices of time. And yeah. I swear I didn't understand a fucking word that was said. And I think I felt so stupid. I said, oh, I will only be able to understand maybe the level above the layman, but I will never be able to understand the intricacies of what anyone's actually talking about. And thus, I will always be like, uh, did you see The Menu, the movie The Menu? No. There's some scene, some guy is a big foodie, yeah. and the chef kind of forces him to cook in front of, he's like, oh, you like cooking? Cook a meal for us. And it's like this, and then he is so humiliated, he kills himself, essentially. Oh. Oh, spoiler. Okay. <laughs> uh, uh, but it's like, it's the same thing where it's like, if I talk to a, yeah. a philosopher, mm -hmm. they talk to me the same way someone comes up to me after a show, like, my friends say I'm funny. <laughs> and I felt something about the, like, being stupid. I think that's what it was. That's, yeah, I mean, it sounds like she probably wasn't communicating properly for our audience because if she had something open like to the public or whatever because yeah, yeah, yeah. like if it was to other experts then it might make sense that you don't understand because sure. you're not you're not stupid like like it's it just we finally got yeah, there that's, I mean, <laughs> that's, that's where we wanted this podcast to go i mean well from what i can tell of sure. course you you seem very intelligent i'm gonna walk into the but, door when this is done just it, bang my head by accident so you'll see <laughs> but but yeah it seems like she wasn't communicating properly and something like i try to do is like i i practice as much as i can communicating to like just very general audiences because like it's the curse of knowledge you forget the more that you study something that certain terms aren't known by regular people like the at the physics conference i was throwing around like this term heuristic and everyone was like what's heuristic and i was like oh you guys don't know that and like or even words like in define heuristic for our listeners and not okay. for me yeah heuristic is essentially like a mental shortcut it's like some sort of process that you'll use to um uh like some sort of cognitive shortcut you'll use to sure uh, sure yeah um i'm trying to think of a a good example um one is like, um, uh, like, yeah, I think the heuristic example I was using, because we were talking about trust and scientists, um, is that as a heuristic for ourselves, we will trust the scientific consensus around, if, if you do trust scientists, around yeah. what they believe instead of going out there and researching yourself. Sure, that's sure. a heuristic for us. So uh, that's a popular term in psychology. Even words like in-group or out-group, because I do a lot of research on sort of group dynamics. So in-group is like the group you're a part of. So if you're a Democrat, you know, other Democrats are your in-group. Republicans would be your out-group. Sometimes I learn people don't know those words. So it is sometimes like I forget that people don't know certain, like uh, like I forget that these aren't words that are just yeah, part yeah, of yeah. like general discourse and that they're like more academic words and everything. So sure. I think you really, if you want to be a science communicator, you have to just be really actively talking to just you know, sure. regular people and people on TikTok. Uh, all right, let's go to our last segment. Oh. You better count your blessing. You better count your blessing. 
It's where we say something that we're uh, we're thankful for. Is there something? It can be specific, broad, something that you feel good about. I, I'll go. Mine's super yeah. specific. My super came by my kitchen sink. The water pressure has sucked so much for like two years now. Uh-huh. And I finally called the super. He came over, and ten seconds later, he must have moved something, changed the head. And it's like my whole life is different. Oh, wow. I, yeah. and this won't happen after this, but I am literally excited to do the dishes with this new water pressure. Wow. Just to That's see wild. how much faster it is. And uh, uh, Ramon, I don't think you'll listen to this podcast, but I, I appreciate you. You're a very good super. Yeah, it's it's the little things like that. It's that, the little things. That matter. And sometimes, yeah. sometimes, sometimes these poor supers... It's the landlord's the shitty one, and uh-huh. the super is great. Okay. And yeah. the super is like that middle person that gets caught in right. the crosshairs. And uh, Ramon, I think I, I gave him a $200 tip for, for the holidays. I thought that was nice. Oh, wow. Okay. I think that's good. I, I don't know what the... Um what what's like normal around tipping in New York with supers. I was normally doing 100 and, and then Tova moved yeah. in. Okay. And so I said like, okay, we got... Okay. 200. I mean, that seems very... Nice to me. I don't yeah. know. I, You're like, oh fuck, I gotta go. To <laughs> I'm like, right should now. I? Well, because it's like NYU's dealing with my housing, so I, I like, I don't. Yeah, NYU can tip the goddamn they, super. How much money did they take? Jesus Christ! <laughs> um, yeah, um, but I don't know. I'm supposed to what what the um, people do, but yeah, no, um, that was nice. Uh, I guess my count my blessings is I was uh, home in uh, Portland uh, with my family for the last um, five weeks and it was really nice just to be with family and also to be away from the craziness of New York especially in like in the winter like just to skip January in New York Mm -hmm. I mean now I'm here in February which is like also you know it's those two months Uh it's never November December I always I always remember I've had my worst days the coldest days in February yeah yeah no February is like a sad month but yeah it was just nice to be around family nice to be kind of where the air is like fresh and there's like more green and stuff mm-hmm. like yeah it just this is my first like winter in new york i was visiting here last summer for three months and summer in new york's just like incredible like i love it but winter is tough so um all right so this is coming out valentine's day i know you're not a, a comedian but is there anything you want to plug i mean your your tiktok your handle oh yeah uh Sure, you can follow me on TikTok at Steve Psychology. My Twitter is uh, Steve Rath J two. Um, so yeah, just check me out there. Hell yeah, we will put all this in the show notes, yeah. the links. Uh, for me, this is a big week, guys. Remember, if you're not in these places I'm performing, you can tell your friends who live there to go. Mm. Uh, I am going to be headlining for Valentine's Day West Nyack. Uh, uh, it's it's called Levity. It's a great comedy club. Um, uh, then Thursday night, I will be headlining in Vancouver for JFL Vancouver. And then the 17th through the 19th, I'm doing uh, laughs in Seattle. So it's a big, big show weekend. Tell your friends to, to come on out. We have another live downside recording on February 27th, uh, 7 p.m. at Sesh Comedy Club. Tickets are just $10. Uh, our live recordings have been so good. That's if you saw the, the the clip with Dusty Ray Bottoms from RuPaul's Drag Race, that was from a live recording. Uh, Leah Janine's coming out soon. Come to that New York City Sesh Comedy Club ticket link in buy in the description. And uh, if you can't make it, you can watch it in full or listen to it. Patreon.com/slash/downside. Um, and uh, you know, I'll I'll be the one to say it, ladies and gentlemen. There is no such thing 
as free will. This is the downside. <laughs> Downside. You're listening to The Downside, the Downside. with John Marco Cerezi.